Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Happy Thanksgiving! Friends, happy Thanksgiving. That's my two little grandsons, Jonah and Noah. I'm so glad you're joining me today because I get to tell you how thankful I am for you. Thanks for listening to this show and for supporting me and walking on this journey called life with me. Scripture tells us in Psalm 69:30, I will praise the name of God with song and shall magnify him with thanksgiving. So have you already sat down and had a fabulous dinner or are you working your way towards that right now? Did you remember to say a prayer a prayer of thankfulness before you ate? Did you remember to ask one another at your table what they were thankful for? My family's holiday tradition is to just say an incredibly long and lengthy prayer, then we dish up our food, and then we go around the table before we really start diving into that turkey and say what we're thankful for. At my table this year, the topic will be the same as it was last year. I'll ask my children once again, why are we thankful? Did you get that? Not what are we thankful for, but why are we thankful? It digs a little bit deeper into your heart and soul. It's that time of year when we get together and join our families for a fabulous dinner and we say those prayers and we embrace our lives on that one pleasant fall afternoon and we're grateful for one day, for one meal, for one moment in time. We travel, we cook, we set our tables, we chat with family we haven't seen for months, and we envelop the feeling of gratefulness. But again, we do this for one day, for one meal, for one moment in time. And if you're anything like me, well, you don't always feel thankful and grateful. You don't necessarily feel blessed every single moment of every day. Maybe you're listening to the show today and you have cancer. Or perhaps you're struggling with your job, or maybe you have a broken relationship and you might not feel like thanking God. Maybe things are painful in your world right now and you think, yeah, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Maybe today you're going through a divorce, or you live alone and you've never felt more alone. Perhaps there are things you're dealing with that nobody else knows about. Finances. Or maybe your granddaughter is struggling with addiction. Maybe your spouse just passed away. Whatever the case today, you might not feel like being thankful, but God wants us to have a different attitude, one that is thankful and grateful and blessed, not just for one day out of the year, but being thankful every day in every circumstance for everything. Whoa, that's hard to think about and listen to, isn't it? Did you know that 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's the Apostle Paul speaking. How do you and I get past our emotional state, our doubts and our fears, our worries, and we move towards faith-filled state that brings peace and peace that develops thankfulness and gratitude? Well, I think back to many Thanksgivings of my past, the ones where I lived as a little child in southwest Iowa. Fall always brought a little cooler weather, but never snow. My extended family poured into our small rambler, and the house was filled with excitement. It never seemed crowded or cramped. My grandparents would come all the way down from Aiken, Minnesota, my uncles and aunts and cousins from the Twin Cities. Mom would have baked for a week straight in preparation for the dinner. 
Do you know a really, really little-known secret at my house? Mom has a really fabulous old 1950s stove right downstairs in next to the washer and dryer because that's where she constantly was cooking for these big meals. I don't think she's used it since like 1980. Our home was filled with the smells of roasted turkey, mashed potatoes and gravy, Swedish carrot pudding, and homemade Parker House rolls. Pumpkin pies and pecan pies were served for dessert. The best dishes were brought out, the lovely green goblets, and the best silverware. It wasn't difficult at all to sit down at the table and go around with our thankful comments and praises to God. Life was good. Things were simple. Adults had good jobs. The grandparents had good health. And the children were in good spirits. We laughed. We ate. We enjoyed. We thanked God. Seemed like life was pretty great back then, but, you know, when you're 10, everything looks pretty good when you've got your friends and your family and good food. But life isn't always like that, is it? Fast forward another 10 years to a Thanksgiving where I was a young mother. I moved away from home and married a man from Bible college, a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. And my life started out simple, just like it was in Iowa. But eventually things changed and days were dark and life was hard as I hid my hurts, physical, mental, and emotional. Thanksgivings rolled around and things to be thankful for weren't as easy to think of as they were when I was that little 10-year-old child. I can fast forward through the years of heartbreak and abuse, and I remember a Thanksgiving where I was alone and divorced. My children were at their grandparents. I smiled and led the worship service for Thanksgiving at my church that evening, and I didn't let anybody know how alone I felt. I remember getting home and feeling miserable. That Thanksgiving day, I drove myself through McDonald's, ordered a Big Mac and a large fry, and cried myself to sleep that night. Those were thanksgivings where finding things to be thankful for weren't as easy. Nevertheless, I made myself. I said thank you to God. I did feel grateful to still be alive. I felt grateful to have a job. I made myself think of things to be happy for. I convinced myself there was hope. And time went by, and I remember a recent thanksgiving. God had provided an amazing husband, the great farmer Dean, a bachelor from what I thought was the middle of nowhere, the lovely Benson, Minnesota. And I married my wonderful Dean, and that Thanksgiving we celebrated with my kids and our grandchildren at our table. We thanked God for the good things of life, including the little 1900 church from Murdoch that we purchased. God opened up new doors for our neighbors and friends and the community to repurpose dreams and continue life in that little building. But God had really opened up new doors for Dean and Kathy and their children to repurpose dreams and continue life and be thankful and grateful and blessed. I remember that Thanksgiving more clearly than any other. As I sat down with my children, I realized that God had brought us through. We would never be at a place where life was perfect. If I was waiting to say thank you until I felt good, until everyone I knew was healed, until all my bills were paid and all my stress was gone, It would be a Thanksgiving seated in heaven with Jesus Christ, because that's not reality. Life here has problems. Real life is not perfect. If we wait and we procrastinate and we think, yeah, I'm going to thank God when things start working my way, well, it's going to be a difficult long wait. While my family was lounging after that Thanksgiving meal, 
I looked closely at each child, at each grandchild and at Dean, and I realized that life had been happening all along. I had things to be thankful for in every single moment of my existence. I was thankful to be alive after my ex-spouse had hurt us. I was thankful to have children when some friends are unable to. I was thankful that God never left me, that I had good jobs, fabulous parents who loved God and me, and that I always had hope. But mostly, I was thankful that I learned in the hard times that every Thanksgiving, there was the same message, a message from God that said, Kathleen Ann, look at me. Where have I been in your life? Where have I been in your world? Where are the moments when you knew that I was there, but you didn't feel like it? The Apostle Paul also tells us in Romans 5, 3, 4, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. I always had hope. Do you have hope? Throughout each year, throughout each meal, throughout each pain or joy, I had the hope of God and the joy of salvation. We're going to take just a minute right now. We're going to listen to an incredible song that I have loved for a long time. It's from the Noel CD, which is a Christmas CD, but it's a thankful song. It's a Thanksgiving song by Josh Groban. And let's take a moment right now and listen. Some days we forget to look around us Some days we can't see the joy that surrounds us So caught up inside ourselves We take when we should give for tonight we pray for what we know can be and on this day we hope for what we still can't see it's up to to be thankful for Look beyond ourselves There's so much sorrow It's way too late to say I'll cry of us must find our truth We're so long overdue So for tonight we pray for What we know can be And every day we hope for What we still can't see it's 
When the Apostle Paul tells us to be thankful in everything because that's God's will for us, he means this, we are loved in our trials, we are embraced in our pain, and we are never left alone. The true meaning of having a thankful heart and contentment in whatever state we're in is simply understanding that in all of the twists and turns, God is making us stronger. He's stretching us farther and creating our very best version of who we are through every trial and place of growth. For in the moments when I broke free from pain and the imprisonment of codependency, those were the moments I realized it was so much easier to be thankful when I was out of the trial, because it was then that I experienced God's grace, mercy, and freedom. But inside the trials, while God was there as well, never leaving my side. So here's what I mean. I mean that when I was inside of a problem dealing with it, it was hard for me to be thankful. And as soon as I got out, I was so grateful to not be in that trial anymore. But the truth is, is that we need to learn to say thank you to God while we're in the trials. And it's really hard to do because here's what happens. We think, oh, will we ever get out? This is painful. This is miserable. This is driving me crazy. But the truth is, is God is there allowing it for a purpose. He wants us to be better. He wants us to grow, to stretch, to be our best, as I said. And the only way to do that is by walking through tough times. Well, friend, maybe you feel alone today. Maybe you're thankful, but you forgot to thank God. Perhaps you love your family, but you forgot to tell them so. Maybe you appreciate your job or your pastor or your mailman, but you haven't told God or anyone how grateful for you are for that. Today at my Bible study, I said, okay, 
Ladies, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go around the room and I'm going to tell you why I'm thankful for you. And each and every friend I have from Carolyn to Lois to Rose to Marlene and Mona and Luella, she was gone today, but to all of my friends, I see things in them where I'm thankful and I'm grateful for them. And I wanted my friends to know because something happens to us listeners when we take time to say thank you. You think the other person is on the receiving end and they're going to feel really good, right? You've said thank you to them. You tell them why they're great. But the truth is, this is the greatest thing about gratitude. When we're thankful and we deliver that to other people, yes, they're receiving it. They're grateful. But you become different. You've humbled yourself to let other people know there's something good about you. There's something that's making a difference in my life. I feel thankful for you. And here's why. Now, the surprise was my sweet friend Susan said, okay, you went around and told us why you're thankful. Now we're going to tell you why we're thankful for you. And it was good for each and every person to do that because they have to think about why they're grateful. And then for me, I'm just happy as a clam to hear people say nice things, as you would be. So as I said, today we have much to be thankful for. Maybe somebody's not telling you that, but I'm telling you I'm thankful for you and God loves you. We're thankful today for things that, you know, we don't are, I don't know, we just aren't always cognizant about. Like the fact that we live in a country that's free. We've taken it for granted for so long. But the truth is, is that we have people who are fighting for our freedom. They fought for years. Um, maybe your grandma, maybe your grandpa served Maybe somebody out there right now is in your family and they're across the world and they're serving. We have our military people to be so grateful for and thankful for, and I appreciate them. I hope you do, because we have freedom. We have freedom to worship in our country. We can worship God. You know, in many of the countries right now, things are changing. I heard that in several of the European countries, you cannot even say the name of Jesus. How sad would that be? I remember hearing recently that the talk show The View had to bleep out the name of Jesus. Guess what? We still have freedom of speech, and guess what? I'm going to say Jesus' name over a lot and a lot on this show. I'm thankful for God who sent his son Jesus to die. I'm thankful for the pilgrims who were starting this out, and for Abraham Lincoln who declared that this was going to be a day in history that we set aside to be thankful so we're here today, and many of us have good homes and jobs and good health, and many of us, well, God has brought us back from those days of sickness or days where we were in a bad place. For me personally, I am thankful, grateful, and blessed for everything I've told you about. Salvation, a good husband, great kids and grandkids, my job, the radio station here, my friend John who produces, my friend Sarah who is on the morning show. I'm thankful for Julie and Adam from KDIO, for Steve from um, KLFD, the stations that play this show. But in the times when sadness comes in, and it does, or where death sneaks past the door, you're, you've lost a friend or a relative, or where illness inserts its ugly foot, or even where unkind words slither in, we might not feel thankful. But today, God reminds us both that even so, it's important to say thank you 
to him because our feelings will come and go and things will change. Circumstances are going to be different, just like the changing of seasons here in the Midwest. But God and his love never change. He's always there for us. He never leaves us. Well, what a great reminder that we have so much to be thankful for, as we heard from that beautiful song from Josh a few minutes ago. But listen to this lovely scripture from Psalm 106.1. Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Think today about the good things of God, your family, your friends, the beauty of the nature we experience today, your home, your animals, your car, your health. There is so much to be thankful for. When we look at gratitude, we discover that not only does it make us feel better, like I said, but, you know, it's a really great thing to be appreciative. And I'm thankful for the perfect gifts that come from the Father. Scripture tells us each and every perfect gift that we have comes from God. And I'm thankful for that. And speaking of gifts, I had a fabulous gift the other night. It was the gift of spending time with my husband. We decided to stay home and watch a movie. It had been a really busy week. Netflix has a movie that they offer, a Christmas movie. Sometimes I watch the dopey holiday ones that are, you know, Hallmark. But this was one that I wanted to watch from a couple years ago, and I never got a chance. I was so excited to see it advertised. It's a taken from the story by Max Lucado, and I love his writing. He's got a really fabulous poetic floral way of writing. So the movie's called The Christmas Candle, and we watched it. And here's my producer, John, with our Best Life movie review. The Christmas Candle Review, rated PG, running time 105 minutes. Setting, in the English countryside of the village of Gladbury. When looking for a Christmas movie that encourages, inspires, and allows you to believe a little something special about Christmas, look no further. The 2013 movie The Christmas Candle fits that bill. The movie's screenplay is written by Candace Lee and is originally based on the book by author and pastor Max Lucado. Filling the screen with gorgeous, rich views of Gloucestershire, Worcestershire, and the Isle of Man, you are swept away not only to another country, but into a different time period. The Christmas Candle storyline unfolds in a small English village called Gladbury, where every 25 years the candlemaker's shop is visited by a Christmas angel who blesses one specific candle. The candlemaker, played by Sylvester McCoy, has to decide who in the village he deems most worthy of receiving a miracle. The candle recipient will see that miracle happen after lighting the candle and praying. This particular year, the anointed candle is lost. The candlemaker and his wife, played by Leslie Manville, are confused about what to do. They decide that each person wanting to receive a miracle will receive a candle, not knowing which one is the anointed candle. Each recipient believes he or she will receive a long-awaited miracle. The new minister to the village, played by Hans Matheson, has lost faith in miracles and decides to take matters into his own hands to do what he can to fulfill the miracles that each person is hoping to receive. Various challenges within the congregation erupt, including illness, discouragement, dating, and arguments, along with a struggle between updating the building from the use of candles to electricity, creates havoc, and adds great drama to the movie's storyline. This movie was a delightful change from the typical shallow Christmas movies that have been pumped out of Hollywood over the past few years. The emphasis on miracles helps you to focus on the true miracle of Christmas, the baby Jesus. Although it is from 2013, it's sure to become a treasured favorite. 
You can find it at CBD.com or also on Netflix. Also watch for a cameo appearance by author Max Lucado and the movie's anthem, an original single, Miracle Hymn, sung by Grammy Award nominee Susan Boyle. The bottom line, while introducing a new movie to our treasured Christmas classics, this movie brings warmth, encouragement, beautiful music, and is sure to become a favorite Christmas classic. I'm John Jennings, and that's The Bottom Line. Thanks for that great movie review, John. I loved it. I think one of the most encouraging things that Dean and I realized as we watched it was, number one, we don't spend enough downtime together. We're always working. And number two, I learned from the pastor of the story. So if you check it out and you get a chance to watch it, I think not only was that beauty of the um, scenery so lovely, but I learned again that um, in his kind of trying to please people, he lost sight of God. And once he became truly grateful and thankful and kind of put everything down with himself before God, laid everything at the altar, God was able to morph and change him and make him into someone that was really good. It was a good learning lesson for me. I want to share a poem for you. You know, as time has gone by, uh, poetry is just overlooked anymore. In our busy schedule, people don't think about it. I remember as a little child trying to sit down at my desk and write for our ninth grade writing English class, and some kids really had to struggle with putting poetry together. I loved doing it. But this is a poem called We Pause by Gail Brooke Burkett. Serenely golden are the hills and fields. The fruits are gathered and the grains are stored. Now autumn sunlight on the tranquil earth is like a benediction of the Lord. The rush of planting and the harvest done, we pause to look across the peaceful land with gratitude for all the blessings poured in rich abundance from God's gracious hand. Listeners, you might be saying today that even though it's Thanksgiving, it's really easy to say thanks to God, and wow, that's good, so do that and encourage others to be saying thank you. But you might be saying, wow, I don't think I can do it. I can't even think of anything to say thank you for. It's been an awful year, and I don't feel grateful. It's okay. It might be hard. But I promise you, you will be blessed when your heart is filled with gratitude. Have you ever been around somebody that's so grouchy and discouraging and depressing, and all they do is complain? Nobody wants to be around that type of person. We don't even like ourselves when we're like that. We do have so many things to be thankful for. We can always find good things, good people, in a good life, especially when we look for God. And lately, as we've looked over these last few weeks, we've seen some very serious tragedies. And I think that we need to spend a few minutes praying for them today and thanking God for the safety that he's given us. For those that have been affected, well, we want to be praying for help and encouragement. Paul says, in everything give thanks. That's hard, but let's do it. Let's make a pact and try from this moment on, from this week on, from this day on, that we're going to be thankful because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's God's will for us to be grateful in everything. Happy Thanksgiving, friend. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for being omnipotent and omniscient. Thanks for being a God that is all-powerful and all-knowing. 
Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. And thank you, God, for jobs and health and freedom. Lord, we want to lift up the victims of the recent incidents across the United States, people who have been taken over by evil and are harming others. I want to pray for those who are really struggling because their families were hurt or taken from them too soon. I want to pray for pastors and police officers, for mayors. I want to pray for our president, Donald Trump. I want to ask God that you would bless him today. We're thankful that we live in a land that is free. And we thank you for all of the people who are fighting daily to keep us free, for people who are working hard. Thanks, God, for our family, our friends, our communities, our churches. And we're so grateful today that we can take this day and set it aside and be able to celebrate. Thanks to Abraham Lincoln, who in the late 1800s said, let's set aside this Thursday, the end of the month, to be able to celebrate. So God, we come before you and thank you now for who you are. And I pray that it will continue to be a wonderful, blessed day for each and every one of us. In your name, amen. Here's my three-year-old granddaughter, Cordelia. Hey, Cordy, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for our nanny, Jesus, nanny, Jesus, nanny, Jesus, nanny. Apparently, Cordelia is thankful for nanny, that's me, and Jesus. Tune in next week to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, where it's always everyday radio for everyday people. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.